uh, Daniel's time, whenever he revealed about the nation's time of the Gentiles that would come on the earth. He, he had Bel, uh, uh, he certainly Belshazzar, but it was Nebuchadnezzar, to dream a dream. And then Daniel was given the interpretation of it. But it was always God using the prophet to give the interpretation and the understanding of it and to give even the dream itself. So that they were able to tell that heathen king and he said, okay, but it was also for the people of God. And in both cases, it was to do with the people of God. In uh, Nebuchadnezzar's case, it was to do because they had they had uh, captured the Babylonians, uh, the Babylonians had captured the Jews. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Babylonians, had them in their, his possessions and so forth. Same thing with Pharaoh. Uh, the children of Israel was to go down there and be under his rejection. So God looks after his people. We gave you numerous verses in scriptures. Uh, one that I did not mention, but I just will mention very briefly here. And that was with Noah, when the world became very sinful. And Noah, being a righteous man, living for God, serving the Lord, the Bible says about Noah that he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let me read a verse of scripture to you here. This is in Genesis chapter 6. It says, And God saw, this is 6 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And then down in verse eight, in verse eight, it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then finally in verse 13, and God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And then he goes on to say in verse 14, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark and shalt pitch it without and within with pitch. And this is the fashion, verse 15, which thou shalt make of it. And then he goes into telling him how to build the ark. And for 120 years, Noah worked on the ark, building the ark, he and his three sons, and got it ready for the flood that would come. And all flesh perish in the flood except Noah and his family, his three sons, their wives, uh, Noah's wife, and then the three wives of the three sons and so forth. And then after the flood, they were the beginning of all humanity again. The reason I'm bringing this out to you is because that whenever God saw the, he saw Noah being a righteous man, he revealed to him that he was going to send the flood and what he had to do to prepare himself for it. So you and I, if we walk with God and we serve the Lord, it's like God has put us on an inside track that's why that when you see all these things developing in the world, let not your heart be troubled, Jesus said, for these things must come to pass. But he says uh, the end is not yet. And so he lets us know these things are coming. But he also lets us know that he will let us know when it's time and what we should be doing. That's why we need to walk with God, stay close to God and serve the Lord and be faithful unto the Lord. Now, I want to go a little bit further with this today. It's something that I have talked to you about it uh, to some extent, but I want to go further with it. And that is that the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. He'll never leave. If you walk with God and you serve the Lord, and this is the key to all of it is not to be half-heartedly a Christian, but to be totally a Christian. Be committed to the Lord. Uh, be faithful to God. And if we will do that, God will be faithful to us. 
And so he's promised in his word, and I want to give you some scriptures here today, that God's promise he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Now, last week I gave you a barrage of scriptures that he would reveal to his people what he is about to do. And I gave you a lot of scriptures for it. Our faith in those scriptures is what saves us. That's why the Bible says we're saved by faith. We're saved by grace and that through faith, through faith. Faith is our response to the grace of God. God is good to us. He gives us his word, but we must have faith in his word. So when I give you these verses of scripture, we can't go off and bite our fingernails. We have to say, okay, God, it's in your hand, it's in the word, and I believe the word of God. So I'm going to give you some words here today to help you to understand that the Lord, praise God, is with us and that he will never leave us nor forsake us. I want to begin with Matthew 28, 19. This is a common scripture, one of the most well-known scriptures in Christendom because it deals with the baptism that is uh, Jesus' name, baptism, but is misunderstood by much of the denominational church world. Look at Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and baptize all nations... This is Jesus giving, uh, giving the command to go forth and preach the gospel and baptize uh, people in all the world after Israel as a nation turned him down as the Messiah. And this was after the resurrection. This was only minutes before Jesus ascended into heaven and, uh, and that, he, uh, that he, he gave this command. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And we all know that that name is Jesus because that's the way the apostles went forth and baptized. Every place they baptized is recorded in the Bible. It's all in the name of Jesus because Jesus is the name. Father is not a name. You know that. Name of the Father and of the Son. The Son is not a name. And of the Holy Ghost. The, Son, the Holy Ghost is not a name. Those are titles. I'm a father and I'm a husband and I'm a son, but that's not my name. My name is Meyer, J.E. Myers. And so we all have a name. We may have titles of something. I'm making, say I'm bishop, you know, or whatever. You may have a title. You may be the CEO of a company or you may be uh, uh, the secretary of an executive, whatever your title might be. Uh, but that's not your name. And so when the Lord said, here, go, you know, we're baptizing in the name. It did not say names, S. It says N-A-M-E, singular, name, one name. So there's one name. The Bible says there's no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved in the name of Jesus. And that's found in Acts 4.12, if you want to write it down and look it up sometimes. But there's no other name. So let me finish up here. This, this is the 20th verse that I want to get to. Teaching them. This is going to all the world, baptizing, teaching them. To observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Now if you've got your Bible, underline that I am with you always. Or always as we would say. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And the Lord is saying here that if you obey my commandments and do what I have asked you to do, I will always be with you. Folks, that is a wonderful consolation. Every missionary that goes on the foreign field, that goes into especially a new country, he doesn't know the custom, doesn't know the language, has to learn the language, he must learn the customs as he goes along. All of these, these situations that he does, praise the Lord, he has to understand that the Lord is with him. 
that God will never leave him. Amen. And so he does. And that's how he's able to do the work because he says, God, whatever I go through over here, I know you're, you're with me. And many missionaries have gone to the field and they have said, God, at times, God, are you still with me? Praise the Lord. So, uh, and even in our own lives, in this side of uh, of the the big pond as you want to call it in america over here even sometimes we have to say god are you still with me praise god and the lord said i'll never leave you nor forsake you another scripture that confirms that is one found in uh, hebrews 13 5 13 5 hebrews 13 5 he says let your conversation be without without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. And there can be a lot said about that. Be content with such things as you have. Let me just say one word here today, folks, about wealth. A lot of everybody, I guess, wants wealth. A lot of people want wealth. But when you become a very rich person, you have to guard the hen house all your life. You understand what I say when you've got to guard the hen house? The wealth that you've got, you've got to, you've got to guard it. People, you know, they, they like being wealthy, these multi-millionaires or whatever. They like being wealthy. But sometime in being wealthy, they've got to constantly be watching out. And Jesus even said, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Well, rust does not, it does not rust and, and balls do not eat through and thieves, thieves do not break through and steal, you know. So I'm just trying to say here is that don't covet wealth. Don't covet it. People who spend their lives, it becomes their God. And they they think they're really something, you know, with the wealth that they may have. But they spend their life guarding it, trying to handle it right, trying to invest it right. It spends their, takes their whole day and night, all the days of their life trying to do it. And when they all, when they all get through, they just leave it behind for somebody else anyhow. So just be thankful. And when the Lord says this in his word, and maybe Jesus said, you know, take no thought of what you're going to do, this and that and that. If the God looks after the birds and the fish and the, and the animals and everything, he is able to look after us. So he's saying, don't be vexed by these things and always wanting uh, great wealth and so forth. Don't seek after that. Man cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is money. You know that. All right, so I'm going to read this uh, fifth verse on through. Let your conversation be without conversation and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And so when you put this in your, in, under your belt and say, God, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. I trust in you. God is faithful and it's in his word. And if you ever feel like that, you just, you're not making it. Just say, God, your word says this. Go to that, go to those scriptures. Say, God, you've said in your word, you'd never leave us nor forsake us. Let me move on a little further here. I want you to look in Psalms 34, 9. Psalms 34, 9. I'm going to give you a few scriptures here that God has promised that he'd always be with us in these things. And that he'll always provide and take care of us. Look at 34, 9 and 10. These two verses. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Do you see that? There is no want to them that fear him. The key is that we walk with God. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. <laughs> Notice that. You notice the word good? Shall not want any good thing. You may want something. It may not be what God knows is good for you or me. You understand what I'm saying? We may want something. 
And if you say, well, God will not deny anything that I want, not want anything, anything that's good, praise God, good for us. Amen. And so I'm just trying to say here today that God has promised in his word that he would never uh, forsake us and that he will never deny us the things that are good. Another verse of scripture is Psalms, uh, Psalms 37 and verse 25. Psalms 37, 25, and uh, also verse 28. I'll read these two verses. Verse 25, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And if no other reason you live for God, live for God for your children's sake and you grandparents for your grandparents' sake, that's your seed. That's our seed our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and our great-grandchildren on down the line. That's our seed. Be a righteous man. During the depression years, during the depression years in America, a lot of people went hungry. They had soup lines, people begging for food. Most of you aren't old enough to remember that. I vaguely remember, but I've heard my mother and dad talk about it a lot. You never saw a Jew in the suit line. Jews were never in a suit line. They didn't have to be. You know why? Because God promised Abraham, I'll always take care of you and your seed. They'll never go looking. That's a promise that God gave Abraham and it still is with the Jews at this day. You don't see them in suit lines. And of course all that is that is of Israel is not Israel. The word Israel means Prince of God. And all that is of Israel is not Israel. They're not princes of God. They're, they're just sometimes they're the mean rascals and so forth. But even that, God's promise is upon them. God's promise will be upon you and upon your children. So if no other reason live for God for your children's sake, that they may be blessed of the Lord. And many of you have already seen that. God's hand is upon us and God will take care of, of not only us but also our children. Now look at verse 28 there in that same 37th verse, 28. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. Praise the Lord. And that's a wonderful verse of scripture. And uh, the Lord will always keep his hand on us. He will guide us, protect us, and lead us. And never leave us or forsake us. Another verse of scripture, Psalms 9. I'm giving some scriptures here to put under your belt. And if you're taking notes, write these down because there may be a time when you say, Lord, what was those scriptures that Bishop Myers was talking about, about how that you'd never leave us nor forsake us. You see, there's been times I have gone to the Lord in prayer and and I felt like I was down to the bottom. And if I asked for a show of hands, some of you would would do that. You had to touch up, you had to reach up, touch bottom. You know, you felt like you were right there, everything. And I had to go before God in prayer. And I said, Lord, your word says this. And it says it, Lord. And I'm standing on your word. And I believe your word. And I'm trusting in your word. And God would come through. God would come through. It's amazing to me. I have seen things happen that just blew my mind away. One time I was in the, I was at Bible school in St. Paul, Minnesota. And a guy came from Japan. And he told about how they were building a Bible school over there. And and uh, about these students that they needed to be able to finance them to go to Bible school there. And finally, he finally said, you know, $20 will pay for a semester for the children in Japan. This is way back 
in the fifth, early 50s. This is not too long after World War II. And, uh, and so I gave my last $20, my last $20 in that offering to help, you know, some kid have a, a, a semester of school, Bible school in Japan. I remember giving that $20. And then afterwards, the old devil said to me, now what are you going to do? <laughs> you don't have no money. You're broke. I mean, you got to live the rest of the week. You know, you don't even have the $20 anymore that you had enough to start a baby buy a hamburger here or there along the way, you know, something like Everything. Before I got out of the service, a guy walked up to me and said, Myers, God impressed me to give you this. And he pressed something in my hand. Pressed it in my hand. He said, God impressed me to give this to you. Pushed it in my hand. And I said, well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And I, I stuck it in my pocket. Excuse me. When I got away from everything, I pulled on my cord. Can you still hear me? Okay. When I got away from there, I pulled it out, and it was $25. He gave me a $20 and $5 with it. <laughs> he gave me 25 Now, would God have impressed him to give that to me had I not given the $20? And was letting the Lord and just spoke to my heart and said, I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. You do what I, what I lay on your heart, and I'll always take care of you. Isn't God wonderful how he works with us? And he wants us to trust him. Trust him on those things, not foolishly, not, you know, trying to do our own thing, but to do it God's way and follow the way of the Lord. Uh, here's another scripture here found in Psalms 9 and 10. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. So all these verses of scripture gives us assurance here that God is with us. God will not forsake us, that he's always there and he keeps his hand on us and everything. Praise God. Uh, Proverbs 10.3. This is another verse I'll read. Proverbs 10.3. It says, the Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish. Isn't that just a simple verse? The Lord will not allow, the word suffers allowed. He will not allow the soul of the righteous to famish. So all these verses of scripture are telling me that if I be faithful to God, God will always be faithful to me. Let's look at one of the New Testament here. This is in Second First Peter, First Peter chapter three and verse twelve. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and His ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? And then he goes on to talk about here that, that there's no trouble or anything will come your way if God will keep his hand on you. Don't be afraid and he will be with you. Now there's one more uh, scripture I want to leave with you. If you ever get discouraged, I have a thing in my Bible here. I'm going to finish my statement in just a moment. In my Bible here in the, in the fly leaf where I write down certain scriptures that I don't ever want to forget. And I may forget where they are, and I'll just write down a little note in the scriptures there, or the several scriptures that go with it. And I got, I got, in every Bible, I got pages of this stuff. You know, I mean, just the, the fly, you know how in your Bible there's a couple of pages that's blank? Well, use them. Amen. You say, well, I don't believe in writing in my Bible. That's your, that's your Bible. Is the, the, you buy the ink and the paper and the, the, the leather backing and all that belongs to you. The word that's in there, you won't ever change that. 
Praise the Lord. So you can write on anything that is yours that you paid money for. So it's your Bible right in there if you feel led to do so. But write for sure Psalms 91. And if you ever get to feeling like, Lord, I got everything in the world going against me. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Just read this one Psalm, Psalm 91. I'm, going to, I'm just going to skip through here and read a few verses to you. Look at Psalms 91.1, for instance. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Look down in verse 3. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with the feathers, with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. This is why Jesus said to Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, I would that I could have gathered thee under me, unto me as a mother hen does her chicks. And it, it was very similar to what this fourth verse here. Uh, he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings. That's the way a mother chicken does, or birds even with their young ones. And it's referring to that. It goes on to say here in verse 5, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the, verse 6, nor the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. In case you don't know the word nigh is the old English word for near. It means near. It shall not come near thee. And that's the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. He said, oh, Brother Myers, I know that's in the scripture, but you know, when it really happened. That's why I say you've got to have faith in the word of God. You've got to trust the word of the Lord. Faith is in the word of the Lord. Faith is not just trying to do something we want to do. And I'm going to have faith I can do it. Faith is trusting God's word. And if God said it, I believe it. Praise the Lord. My dad used to tell me when I was a boy, he's a son, you can take a good man at his word. You can take a good man at his word. My dad used to tell me that. And I found out that if I can take a good man at his word, I can certainly take God at his word. And that's what faith is all about, taking God at his word. And this book here is all the word of God. It's not just the words of Jesus, but it's all the word of God. This is the word of God. And so it talks about these things here, that if we will be faithful, God will never fail us. But uh, these things will not come nigh us if we will be faithful unto the Lord and that God is able to keep us. Look at verse 9 here. I'm reading on down in chapter 91 of Psalms in verse 9. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. You've made him your habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. And we, we don't see the angels, but we have angels around us. And I pray all the time for my family members. And I say, God, let your angels be around them. Let your, let your angels be around them. And I've told you how I pray for, you know, my daughter and my son-in-law because of their school principalship positions they have. And how that in these schools they go, some crazy character goes in there and shoots people and so forth. I pray for their school all the time. And uh, I pray for other members of the family as well. But I pray that the angels be around. And the Bible talks about your the children, how that God's angels are around them. Now, we don't see that. We don't know how it is. But if God's word says it is, I believe it. Praise the Lord. I read about Jacob one time. 
where Jacob, when he, the Lord told him to go back to Palestine after he had married uh, Rachel and Leah, and then he had all these children, and he had uh, 12 sons and one daughter. He had 13 children. And the Lord spoke to him and said, all right, now Jacob's time to go back home. And he said, I can't because my son Esau is threatening to kill me. And the Lord said, no, it's time to go back. And if you can read it in the scriptures, but when he was going back, when he first got into Palestine and was going by, going back, he looked up and he saw these men sitting up on a hill, standing up there, a tribe of like warriors, and they were watching him. And he waved at them and they waved back at him. He went a little further and there was another group of soldiers up there, warriors. He waved at him, they waved at him. His wives asked him, who were those men? He said, those were the angels of the Lord. He, how he knew it, I don't know, but Jacob knew that the angels were looking out for him and his family. And they did. And I feel the Holy Ghost in talking about this. Because you never know when God is looking out for us. When that tsunami hit over in uh, in, in Malaysia was it was it Malaysia I forgot over in Asia that remember the one that hit around Christmas time and I've told this before and if you've heard it excuse me for me saying it again but uh, Malaysia has a lot of uh, a lot a lot of Muslims it's mostly Muslim but they also have a lot of Christians in in that country and uh, I met uh, some of those guys on a ship cruise ship where they would serve us you know like the food and stuff like that or clean our room and uh, we found out about them and they said yeah I'm a Christian I'm a Malaysian but I'm a Christian so forth. we got acquainted with a few of them and uh, anyhow when that tsunami hit over there a hundred thousand people died in that tsunami big tsunami that hit and I think it was a 2005 if I'm not mistaken and it, it hit there at Christmas time and whenever I was on the ship again and I saw that same guy, uh, I wish I could remember his name. But anyhow, when I saw him, I said, did anybody in your family perish? He said, not one Christian died. He, had, he said, I was home when that happened. I said, why? He said, because in Malaysia, the Muslims will not let the Christians worship and celebrate Christmas. So what the, the Christians do, they go up in the mountains and celebrate at Christmas time the birth of Jesus. And the Muslims allow that. Just don't do it down in the city. Yeah, go ahead in the mountain. We don't care. And it was at that time when all the Christians were in the mountains celebrating the birth of Christ at Christmas that the tsunami hit. And it, all the people that died, over 100,000 people perished, was all Muslims. And there were no Christians among them. He told us that. And later I confirmed that with a group of other uh, of, the, of these people as well, uh, that when they said, yeah, no Christians perished in that. I'm just trying to say God knows how to look after his own people, folks. I'm telling you. Praise the Lord. Uh, many of you are familiar with... Uh, uh, with uh, you know destructions that have come on ancient cities and so forth you know and uh, when Mount Vesuvius blew its top and volcano ash came and you know and, killed, and destroyed Pompeii and I've been to the ruins of Pompeii and Pompeii was so totally given over to homosexuality and over to uh, adultery and whenever that all happened and everything and I, we made a trip over there it was in 79 AD that's been almost 2,000 years ago that this all happened in Pompeii and uh, here a number of years ago I was over there with some of our group and we went to Pompeii and uh, 
the guy told us that said we know from evidence here that there were Christians that lived here but no Christians perished no Christians perished and I said why I spoke out our group around all you know standing around I said why she said we don't know and I said I know <laughs> I know Praise the Lord, because God warned them in his own special way. I can't tell you how, but God has a way of letting us know it's time, praise the Lord, for us to do this or that. And I'm just saying, folks, if you walk with God and if you serve the Lord, God is faithful to take care of us. He's faithful to be with us. And we've got to learn to trust the Lord in those things. But it's not like we have to live like half Christian and half carnal. But we've got to be a real, true child of God and walk with the Lord. And God will keep his hand on it. He'll... Let me finish reading another verse of scripture here found. Uh, I read that 11th verse. He'll keep his angels over. The 14th verse, I'm here in Psalms 91. I'm going to read 14, 15, and 16 here. Because he has set his love upon us, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He's talking about the Christian. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Verse 16, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So I'm just trying to show you here the wonderful blessings and the goodness of God and how that God has promised that he'll never leave us nor forsake us and he'll keep his hands upon us. Praise God. Now, uh, let me move into something else. I've got another 15 minutes here. Let me talk to you about God's promise also, not just to protect us and to keep us, but God's promise also to bless us. If you are a child of God, he's promised to bless you and to be with you. I want you to go to Psalms 1, 1, 1, very first verse in, in Psalms. And I want to show you a passage of scripture that uh, just don't ever forget this one. This is one that I think is just really precious. This is Psalms 1-1. I'm going to read 1, 2, and 3. Many of you know it by heart. And this is where the Lord is speaking. He says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Notice that. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Be careful who you get your counseling from. Everybody with me on that? Who do you go to to find out what you want to know? You know? Praise the Lord. Don't ever be hesitant to talk to your pastor about things you have to do or decisions you have to make. Praise the Lord. But get your counseling from the right person. Be careful about just somebody that you just happen to be. You, and you say, I'm going through this and I got this to deal with. And I got that. And they say, well, I'll tell you what I'd do if I were you, blah, blah, blah. You know, so be careful about it. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly ungodly so if you seek your counseling in the ungodly there's no telling what kind of counseling you get and it can lead you astray so blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of the sinners standeth meaning that you're in the way or the path or the road the sinners travel you're in that path don't get in that path of life Stay in the way of the Lord. The word way found in the New Testament, praise the Lord, speaks about the way of the Lord. Amen. It's almost dealt with as though it's a path to follow. And there is a right path of the Lord. 
Praise God. If we walk in that path, God will take her up and he'll be with us and he'll lead and direct us. But it says here, do not get in the way of the sinners. This is nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't sit, don't uh, stand it in the way of the sinners and don't sit in the seat of the scornful. You know what the scornful is? That's somebody's always finding fault with somebody. Bad mouthing somebody. Don't bad mouth nobody. Can I just say this to you? From my heart here. And this is not a problem in this church and I thank God for it. I'm just saying it because if it ever comes your way, just deal with it in this way. Don't bad mouth anyone. Don't bad mouth anyone. Especially a child of God. If you talk against the child of God, that's why Balaam tried to curse the children of Israel. He couldn't do it. Because God's blessings was on the children of Israel. He tried to curse them. He couldn't curse them. Because God's blessings, God's blessings is on his people. And if sister so-and-so, you know, you thought didn't see, didn't do something right or say something right or anything, don't badmouth her. It's not the way God does things. He leaves things in the hands of God. Let me, let, me, uh, let me read a scripture out of the book of James here to you. I'm just going to deviate just a little bit for this. Over in the book of James, look what James has to say about it. Don't be a gossiper. Don't be a gossiper. Somebody wants to bring, take you, a, bring you a bone, don't you take a bone. They, you know, the old saying, the old word of wisdom, a dog will bring you a bone, will take a bone, you know. Or the dog will take a bone, will bring a bone, and all that kind of stuff. You know. Gossip, gossip. Look at uh, James chapter 3 and verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listed. And then he goes on, verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boats with great things. And then down in verse 8, I'm just saving time here. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Look at verse 9. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, when you come to church and praise the Lord, praise the Lord, which are made after the similitude of God, and therewith curse we men, or we, black, we say bad things about them, which are made after the similitude of God, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not so to be. So if we are people who praise God and worship God, let's not ever badmouth anybody. It goes on to say here in verse 11, But a fountain, uh, doth a fountain send forth at the same time sweet water, uh, sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? either a vine, figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. You can't have a mouth that says great things and beautiful things about God and then bad things about a brother or a sister or, you, or anybody else. So what the Lord is trying to tell us here, 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 not to be a bad mouther of anyone. Everybody understand what I'm saying? So when I read this verse of scripture over here in Psalms, where it says here, in Psalms it says, sit not in the seat of the scornful. Don't be somebody that's always yakking and, and saying negative things about somebody else. And if anybody ever talks about you, leave in the hands of God. God knows how to deal with it. Praise God. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
<laughs> that was for free. I gave that for free. That was all. <laughs> all right. Let me finish reading here in the verse of scriptures. Verse two. This is talking about the blessed is the man that walketh not in this way, that way, that way. Verse two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. That doesn't mean he just thinks about it all the time, all the time. But that he'll think about it in the daytime, sometimes, sometimes in the nighttime. Sometime when you lay down and go to sleep, you'll think about God, about his word, some things that his word says. Daytime, you meditate on his word, so forth. And then finally, look at verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. This is how the blessed man of God will be. He doesn't do all these other things, but he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. Notice that. His leaf shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now this is in the word of God, and this is a promise. And a man is blessed if he walks with God, he serves the Lord, and doesn't do these evil things. God will bless him, and his leaf shall not... In other words, God will bless you, and he'll keep blessing you, and he'll keep blessing you, and he'll keep blessing you, and his hand will be on you. And you don't have to be looking over your shoulder wondering if something's going to catch up with you. Because God's blessings are there, praise God. Uh, a verse of scripture that sort of goes along with that uh, is found over, I think, in... Uh, yeah, in, in, in Jeremiah, this is interesting, Jeremiah 17 and 7. Look at this, 17, 7. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Verse 8. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out his roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green. Notice the same thing that it says over in Psalms. Well, shall not wither here. It says, is her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the years of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Almost the very same words only in Jeremiah. It's spelled out instead of over in the book of Psalms. So what I'm doing here, I'm just showing you some beautiful verses of scripture here where the Lord has promised that he'll always bless those who walk with him and serve him. And then I'm going to finish up and my time is about gone here. And one other verse of scripture here I'm going to read over here in Psalms 92 and 12. And this again is about the tree that's planted by the waters. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. This is 92, 12 of Psalms. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. I like that verse. <laughs> I like that one. Praise the Lord. God doesn't just hang you on a shingle and leave you to be. He's still with you. Praise the Lord. And then it goes on to say, they shall be fat and flourishing, verse 15, to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him, in Christ. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad for the goodness of God and the mercies of God and the kindness of the Lord? And uh, Jesus will always meet our need. He will never turn us away from him. The Lord has promised that he'll always uh, be with us. Now, one thing I want to leave with you, and my time is up, and that's this. Let's always look to Jesus for everything. This is an impression that the Lord has impressed me with lately. 
A lot of times we sort of look to man. If brother so-and-so comes along, I'm going to get him to pray for me. Think about it now. And that's okay. We, we want the prayers of everybody. If uh, so-and-so was here, I'd have him pray for me. If brother so-and-so comes, uh, or I'll go where he is to get him to pray for me. But Jesus, praise the Lord, is where, whom we should always be looking to. The Lord has impressed me with this. I was in Indianapolis, Indiana a number of years ago when Brother Treadway, uh, he's a pastor in church in Houston, near Houston, Texas. Brother John Johnson was assistant pastor in Calvary Tabernacle at the time. And uh, Brother James Larson was pastor. And Brother Urshan, who had been, N.A. Urshan had been pastor, was there back visiting. And I happened to be there at the same time. But the Treadway was there. And he was, the, he was in that church service on the platform. And uh, Brother Treadway had gone through a very severe accident in, in Houston, a car accident. And the doctors came to him and said, we're going to have to amputate your legs. Your legs. They're both damaged very bad. And then finally they came back and said, we have good news. We will not have to amputate your legs. You're going to be able to keep your legs. And then they came back with him a few days later. Now listen to me carefully. And I feel the Holy Ghost in telling you this. They came back a little bit later and seven doctors stood around his bed and said, we have been able to keep your legs, but you'll never walk again. You'll never be able to walk again. Seven doctors told him that. And Brother Treadway thanked them for what they said. They all left. The evening came on. All any visitors that were visiting him all went home. And he was left alone, just him and God. And he talked to the Lord. And all evening and into the night, he talked to God. And he told the Lord this. He said, God, if I will never walk again, I want you to tell me. If you will tell me that I'll never walk again, I'll accept that. But I want you to tell me. Two, three o'clock in the morning, he didn't, doesn't remember. It doesn't matter. He said, God, you tell me that I will never walk again. And it'll be all right with me. I'll accept that. And the Lord spoke to his heart as though he spoke audibly. And said, I have never told anyone they would never walk again. And when Brother Treadway, that's right, I've never told anyone they'd never walk again. And when Brother Treadway told, said that, he was standing in the pulpit at Calvary Tabernacle and stood there and preached the message for 45 minutes. He was traveling around, but he limped some, just like Jacob did after God had touched his thigh, and, you know. But he was walking. He was walking. And I'm telling you, when you go to Jesus, the Lord, praise the Lord, is, is able to help us. And if we would go to the, I, can't, I, I got to thinking about the Bible and about the word of God. And I thought about it where Jesus, you know, people, I can't see anywhere in the Bible where anyone ever came to Jesus and Jesus didn't do it. Didn't take care of it. I don't see any place. We've got to always, though, come to Jesus. It's not man. But it's Jesus. I know he said, let the elders of the church join them with all lay hands on them in prayer. Faith shall save the sick. The sick. You know, you know, I know that. And I know that God used those apostles. He uses people. He does use us. I know that. But we've got to always come to Jesus. Not to the man himself. God just uses a man or even a lady. God will use us. 
But we've got to always come to Jesus. And Jesus never turned away anybody. The Bible said they brought unto him the sick and the afflicted and the blind and the lame. Way into the night they kept bringing him. As long as they brought him, Jesus kept healing, kept healing, kept healing. And I'm just telling you here today, praise the Lord, let's bring everything to Jesus, folks. He is our friend. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's always with us, praise the Lord. Amen. We'll always remember that it's all in the name of the Lord. And Jesus is our friend. Amen. And he'll always be with us. Aren't you glad you know the Lord this morning? I want you to stand with me and let's just praise God. Give him the glory right now. And let's just thank him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you lift your hands and let's praise and worship him. God, you're the mighty God, the everlasting father. You're the prince of peace. You're the Lord of glory. God, you're the one that was and is and is yet to come. Oh, Lord, you're coming back for your people. That's without spot or wrinkle. We thank you for the hope that we have. Thank you for God's people. Bless our morning service mightily, Lord, today. Touch our lives and hearts, and we give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.